0: BLOB
1: TALK RADIO Welcome in to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny Lee. I've been in Lee. You can follow me at KYBBallKing on Twitter. You can follow Lee at Lee Weglars. Lee's out in Paducah tonight, and I hope the weather's as nice as it is here. It's nice to have a good day for a change.
2: Hey, Benny. Hey, Big Blue Nation. Welcome to the show. And, man, do we have a good one for you.
1: Jeff Shepard's going to join us uh, a little later on, and uh, you have a special guest uh, if you want to say something about that that's going to join us as well. Uh, basketball guy out in uh, western Kentucky there
2: yeah and and, yeah Mike Chumbler he is the head coach of the West Kentucky Technical College here in Paducah Kentucky formerly Paducah Community College Uh, I've known Mike for years we we grew up together he's a little bit younger than me but he comes from a, a very solid basketball background his dad was Bill Chumbler? He's a legend in Southern Illinois with the uh, k Rowe High School. He took them to the state championship several times in Illinois, and it was a single-A school. And, uh, it, and also in Western Kentucky, he's in the KHSAA Hall of Fame. So you've got a guy that's in the Hall of Fame in two different states, and you just don't see that a lot in high school basketball. But Bill is a legendary name. Uh, Mike didn't fall far from the tree. You talk about an athlete back in the days, and, and this guy could do everything. Great football player at Little Heath High School in Western Kentucky. Uh, of course, they consolidated into McCrack County, but uh, also a great basketball player. And Mike has done, you know, where I think I touched a lot of kids and, and well, in and, and coaching and, and was an influence on kids. Uh, nowhere close to what Mike has done with, with kids and youth here in Western Kentucky as far as teaching them basketball and just what he's done. And, uh, a lot of this is going to revolve around his son, who also didn't fall far from the tree, Cam Chumbler, a great basketball player, bright bright student, wonderful young man, and and a tragic story there. And we're going to get to that here in just a little bit and how that tied into Duke basketball, of all things. But a great story, and I and hope you guys stick around and are listening in. And, and as always, we'll welcome your calls. Yeah, and if you guys want to call in, it's 516 9474
1: and we're going to talk a little bit about the Cats in another great week. And uh, there's net rankings, and it's something that's been on my mind for for weeks now. And I noticed that Duke lost again, and they're still number six in the net rankings. And we moved up four spots to number 14 with our win, but uh, Michigan State moved up seven spots with their win. And I've just I've come to the conclusion that the net rankings is just – has no credibility left whatsoever. It shouldn't even be used. That's just my opinion. They want to hold the Evansville loss completely against us from November the 12th. And, you know, you know how Cal feels about that. You guys heard him yesterday. The Evansville, Evansville, Evansville stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that other than I'll say this that they had a guy out with injury, and he's A. Montgomery. And they had two guys with the blue. And I understand we should have still won that game. There's another factor that a lot of people don't think about, and I'm not here to down anyone, but he was trying to bring Coil Whitley along at that time, and I think it's, if he wasn't doing that, we would have won the game anyway. But that's, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but one thing that we can be sure of, it's time. It's that time of year, like it is every year around this time, where we say, and, and I, don't,
0: you know, if I ruffle
1: feathers, I'm sorry, we told you so on Coach Calipari. The man knows how to bring a team along, and he brings them along at the right pace every year. He gets them clicking at the right time every year. And there's there's pretty good chance he's going to make another Final Four run. I don't think it's, that it's a given or anything like that, but there's a good chance of it.
2: Well, and I don't care if we ruffle feathers or not. I mean, that's just me, Benny. And, you know, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying on John Calipari. And, and time after time, year after year, and I think the real frustration is, you know, not hanging the banners, but it gives us a chance to every year, folks. And like we've said num- numerous times, they don't grow on trees. A championship's hard to come by. And you can even look at Duke and, and, and their great recruiting. And, and with Coach Krzyzewski, uh, what he's done over there, and, they, you know, they haven't won just every year either. So it, it's it's a, it's a tough thing to hang a championship, win a championship, hang a banner. And uh, we see it year after year. But Cal has them in a great place. I think this team is, is starting to gel. Uh, they're coming together. We're seeing EJ come along in, in his development. He's starting starting to put some good games together, and that's huge. And our backcourt, to me, is the best backcourt in the country. And I think one of the keys is going to be the free throw shooting and how Kentucky's shooting free throws. That's going to come into play in this tournament. And when we get there, and, but what, what a run for Kentucky right now. I mean, it, they're one of the hottest teams in the country, folks. And at the
1: same time as I say I told you so, I also need to eat some crow. Nate Sestina has been giving us really good quality minutes, and I did not see that coming. And I, I'm proud of the kid. He's stuck it out. He's he's fought through a lot of adversity, and to me, that's what makes Cal's teams great. is the adversity that he he puts them in it too, and people don't realize that. Like he'll put them through it on purpose to bring them to this point, at this time, to where they're ready. And he, you can just see it in his, the way he carried himself right now. You can see it here in the way he talks. Calipari's confident, and he should be, because this team is shooting 80% down the stretch of the foul line. And a lot of people have been going on about putting teams away. We're not going to put teams away this year when it comes to stepping on the gas, because we can't step on the gas because we got guys playing 38 minutes a game. And we have to use that offensive end of rest at times. And I know it doesn't look great, but it's working and they're winning
2: game after game after game. And that's what matters. I mean, just hanging to win, that's key to playing a basketball game. And the key to a season is is winning games. And, you know, and reflecting back to what you said earlier, Benny, about the Evansville loss, and we just can't seem to get past that. And, you know, how many times do we say, you know, and and Coach Calipari says that – Kentucky is everybody's Super Bowl. It's a fact. Evansville came to that game, no fear. It was their game. That was their chance. It was their time. And Kentucky in November, remember, folks, we still have a lot of freshmen on this team. We do have the sophomores, but we've played a lot of freshmen in key positions, and they had a lot of key minutes in that game. And, you know, Kentucky wasn't ready. And you're playing an Evansville team – Pretty darn good. They've got some leadership on that team. They've got some experience on that team. They came in and won the game. Cal could have won the game. And like Benny said, huh. you know, we were we we're trying to put Khalil Whitley in there, and you know, and it's okay. I mean, he was trying to bring Khalil along, and you know, things didn't work out. But I would think that you know, going forward, Cal learned something from that game as well as as we did. And you know, I wouldn't look for him to ever. You know, monkey around. I think they get a team like that again for what this season, what it's done to Kentucky as far as seedings goes and net rankings. That that they'll put the gas on them next time and not you know fool around and even be in a close game. But but that's what happened. I mean, you know, and, and while these people in the rankings can't see that and move past it. You know. Rankings to me, you know, why do we even do a ranking? I mean, if we're doing a ranking every week, why don't we just take the ranking after the Evansville game and just quit doing rankings? You know, uh leave Kentucky where they were then. Rankings are supposed yeah, well, to be how that's currently playing. You know, where you are now, where you are now, not where you were in November. And that they just can't get past that game. And you know, I
1: I have had arguments with people I really like about this, but they're just the computer numbers, I get that the computer numbers, but you can't take a computer and, and and do the eye test. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kentucky, if you're looking at the eye test, there's not a better team in the country right now. There really isn't. Not playing, There's no team playing like Kentucky's playing right now. There's no team. Put, and, and, and that cracks me up. People say put them away. That's exactly what we're doing at the end of these games. We're putting them away. And Ashton's beat up. Uh, and people don't realize how beat up he is. He's playing, like I say, 38 minutes, and Cal tries to rest him, and it just doesn't work. You know, it's it's that... And I'm not saying that quickly and Maxie can't, do, can't run the point, but they can't run it as effectively as he does, and they don't disrupt on defense as effectively as he does. Now, Maxie's getting there, don't get me wrong, but Hagen's is a very important part. He didn't have – I don't know how many turnovers he ended up with, but he didn't have very many. And he took some – he did take some questionable shots. I will give people that. I've seen that a lot on social media, and I've actually had some people talk to me about it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't mind Hagins taking those shots. It's just time score situation. That's what he's got to understand. I don't like him taking those shots when they're behind. And when it's when it's an important possession, you know, I'd rather have him going to the rim if he's going to take a shot. Because his three, it started off a little better this year, but he's struggled with it as of late. And I, I think a lot of that's got to do with him him being beat up and just several different factors. But I'd rather have him going to the rim, and that's that's just my opinion. I'll finish there. But I also have a theory on why Maxi and Hagan's struggle finishing sometimes, and it's not fair. It's another one of those things that I'm going to call out because it's getting time towards the end of the year that you know we're not getting calls that other teams are getting, and that is really starting to irritate me. Maxi gets beat to death down in there going to the rim, and they just don't blow the whistle. But I've seen several whistles the other way, and it's just getting a little ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I agree, and, and you know, and, and it's good a shape these guys are in because they're in phenomenal shape, but but they are tired, and, and there's there's game tired, and, and when they're logging those kind of minutes, which they're doing, I mean, you know, 38 minutes a game, I mean, that's that's unreal, and it, it's a physical beating that these guys are taking, and and they are tired, even though there's not anybody else out there that could probably do a better job even fresh, and but, you know, as tired as they are, that, you know, you start losing your legs a little bit, and that that does affect your jump shot. And, and yeah, I think Hagen's is a better off the dribble, you know, guard. I think he when he's in attack mode, he, he's tough. He's got a lot of quickness. Maxie too. I think they're two of the quickest point guards or guards in the in the nation. And I haven't seen anybody stay with them when they wanted to get to the basket. They they're going to get there. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that, and, and where they kick the ball to one of the big guys, either Nick or EJ, or even uh, Nate. But, you know, it, it's it's just one of those things. They've got to have the plate drawn up, and it's got to work. But, but as far as getting to the line and even drawing fouls, they're, they're drawing fouls on the opponents. They're getting the other teams in trouble, and, and, they're, and they're good at shooting the free throws, and that's critical. Yeah, I agree 100%.
1: One thing I've noticed, it's probably been the last five, Games or five or six that teams have decided in the SEC the way that they're going to beat Kentucky is to get overly physical with them, and I, I noticed in that Texas A&M game, oh, a big boy for Texas A&M dunked it and he elbowed Nick in the face, and uh, yeah, and they didn't call anything. And I'm thinking, you know, if if that if the tables were turned, and I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to harp on officiating because. I don't want to, but if the tables were turned, they'd be over at the monitor looking at that. And Nick Nick has been hit several times lately because they've decided that that's the way you get to him is to beat him up physically. It's still not working, which is a good sign. And I'm proud of these boys because I think they have battled. And I don't know if it carries over from the Higgins situation with the uh, the court case, you know, with with KSR. I don't know if any of this carries over, but it seems if if you're an objective person and you sit back and watch this, it seems that we lose a lot of calls that we should be getting. And I think 80% of the 50-50 calls somebody somebody tweeted out, somebody that was fairly important tweeted out went to Auburn in those two games. And it's just getting a little bit ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know exactly what went on in that case and, but I'm almost sure because I listen to KSR daily that Matt Jones nor Drew Franklin gave this man's personal information out. I don't know how that went down, but I think it's affected the officiating because they got
2: they've got a vendetta against Kentucky it seems. Right they do, and I think they always have. And and you know that one article in you know with the talking about the referees and, and the coaches that they do not like calling the games for, you know, Calipari was in the top five, if if not the top coach. And if they do, they do not like calling their games. And, but, you know, John's, John's got a right to be ticked off a lot of these games when, when we're seeing the calls that we're seeing. And, you know, and I, and back to Hagan's on his, on being physically tired, you know, his dad even came out this week and was speaking about, you know, how beat up he was and banged up. So, and there, you know, one one day this last week, there was one of the – I believe this guy was the head of officiating, and uh, I believe his name is John Adams. And I think he got into it a little bit with Matt Jones from KSR. And, uh, you know, he was defending Higgins on, on the on the case where they dismissed everything on, on John Higgins' claim against Kentucky Sports Radio. And uh, – but, you know, this guy – it's definitely you know he's gonna side with the referees. You know, he was a referee at one time. So uh we did reach out to him to get him on the show. I haven't heard anything. I know uh, Matt Jones made a big deal that, you know, he, this guy blocked Matt on the on Twitter, which I'm sure that really hurt his feelings. But uh but it's just it's I think you can see some animosity with certain referees against Kentucky and, and we see it in the polls. Kentucky's just one of those teams that's not liked by everybody.
1: Well, I think it's okay. I may be wrong in today's world, maybe it's not okay. I think it's okay to give an honest opinion. And I think John Higgins absolutely took that game away from Kentucky. And uh, your your buddy's calling in, so I'm gonna bring him in now. And uh, all right, we we would like to welcome Mike Telmer to the show. He's a good friend of Lee's and I will hand you over to Lee right now.
2: Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey.
3: Hey, how you doing, Lee?
2: Good, good. And everybody, this is Mike Chumler. He's the coach at West Kentucky Technical College here in Paducah. And we, we talked a little bit about you before you came on, Mike. And Mike and I basically grew up a little bit older than Mike, but we played on the old old basketball courts and sand lots and, and banged heads back in the day. And uh Mike's a great <laughs> I'm guy. Yeah, we even worked together. And I told him a little bit about, about your football history. You and Matt Reams used to beat them up for Heath back in the day when Heath was still around. <laughs> that, that's going right, back a little right. way, too.
3: But, that, that is but Mike, a long uh,
2: time ago. You come from a, a great history of basketball, and, and we talked a little bit about your dad and, and uh, Bill Chandler. Right. Um, tell us a little bit what's Bill doing these days. He's done
3: whatever he wants to. He's, he's down in he's, he's down in Florida fishing right now. He, he built a house down in uh, Leesburg, outside of Orlando, and he goes down there during the winter. And um, it just happens to be—I don't know if you heard of Montverde Academy. They're one of the top high school teams in the country. I mean, they—they they probably are the yep. top high school team in the country. And um, yep. they're in the same same little town there, Leesburg. And um, you know, Dad, he just he fish every day. And, um, that's oh, pretty much yeah. he's down oh, there yeah. hanging out. He probably, probably come back next month. Uh, and you still got his house on Barkley. And, uh, he'll be up there fishing all summer. So he did, he does what he wants to. He's earned it.
2: He has earned it. And, and, and Mike, if you would, for the listeners out there, would you give us a little history on that? I, I told him, you know, he had a great, great career over at Cairo and all those great teams that came out of Cairo years ago. And then, uh,
4: then he had right. some
2: success over in western Kentucky too. You wanna to touch on that just a little bit? Right, right. He actually started at Century High School and um
3: coached a couple of years there and then he got the job at Cairo and you know the Cairo's just I think mean, it's a wealth of talent. I mean there's there's so much talent in Cairo, it's ridiculous, and and it's it's a lot of the same names, just different gener- generations. And um he coached there twenty three years, won a whole, whole lot of ball games, coached some great players. And uh, then he came to Tillman, uh, coached at Tillman eight years. He finished up the last team he had there, got beat in the state championship against, oh, gosh, it was Toby Smith's son and that group. I can't remember what team that
2: election account. Okay. okay. And, yeah, and, that's um, Duke at Tillman. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he was at Tillman for eight years and then um, finished out. He went to uh, Trigg County. And Trigg, Trigg really hadn't done very well before he was there. I mean, they had some in the past. You know, They had some great coaches. But um, they've been uh, kind of on a downslide. I uh, went up there and he twenty wins four years in a row. And um, yeah, he when he ret- when he retired, I swore he'd be back within five years. I'm like, there's no way he can stay away. But yeah, uh, he, he with me coaching at WKCTC, he'll come in during the summer a little bit, and he, he kind of gets his fix. And you know, he he he's pretty content. You know, I, I never thought I'd say it, but you know. Uh, I would have been money yeah. he'd have been back in five
2: years, but you know, he, he's yeah. pretty
3: content and I'm happy for
2: him. He, he's having too much fun fishing, I think. And, and uh, oh, that's but good. you know he had he had some great players and and some of those players and I can remember them, you know. And of course I was class eighty one and you know and there was some good basketball over here in Western Kentucky and, and you count, you know, you throw right. Southern Illinois too. And Illinois is rich with history, but you know I remember Anthony oh, yeah. Webster played over there and then. uh Tyrone right. Nesby, that was probably one of the, the more famous names that came out there. And I didn't Tyrone, I thought he played in the NBA for a little while. I'm not sure, but I thought he actually played yeah, yeah. to the NBA. Yeah, yeah. he he played the yeah. NBA six six or eight years. I
3: I get it mixed up. Then he went overseas and played for a while. Uh, that team that um, um Anthony Webster was on, they had uh, Lorenzo Duncan. Lorenzo Duncan's probably one of the best point guard well, maybe the best point yeah. guard they ever had. And um, yep. Lorenzo went overseas and played for a while. He got drafted by his Washington Bullets back then. and uh, Okay. He, he got drafted, didn't make the team, but then he went overseas and played. Uh, I remember Orlandis Hills that played at Paducah-Tillman. He actually coached his dad at Cairo. And uh, his name was Orlandis also. And he, he was a heck of a player. Um, uh, Sean Box. Sean Box is – Yes. Yeah, always hear guys say, you know, well, so and so should I could have been in the NBA. Well, no, you really couldn't. The box could have been in it. Probably yep. the best player that that never really made it. And uh, when yeah, that's, Sean that's held the court. Sean exact held exact the forgotten.
2: court. That's when I've forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him too. That, yeah. yeah. That thing, that's a blast from the past. It really is.
3: And hey, Sean led the country in scoring. They played one year of junior college over at Shawnee, and he led the country in scoring. And, um, uh u n l v and they they really wanted him bad. And uh for yep, whatever reason, it. you know, he just he didn't go.
2: So, you know, and you you, you had a son at uh at Cam Chumbler. Cam and, right, and he right. he didn't fall far from the tree either. And no. a very interesting Corey and and uh and you know it's uh of course uh McCracken County and you know and then right. before that Long High School. And a right, wonderful right. kid, and my son was lucky enough to know him, and, and went to school there, and I think they played some ball some together there. And but uh, right, right. 2015, I mean, let's let's talk about let's talk about uh, Cam, and, and uh, of all things, he became buddies with some guys over at Duke, and you want to tell a little bit about that? <laughs> well, when, when Cam was in fifth grade, uh,
3: he went to the Duke basketball camp with some friends of mine, some kids that played AAU and he went down there with their family and he came back and he was, he was Duke's so or into it. And at the time I was actually a North Carolina fan. And, uh, I, I was stationed at Camp Lejeune for a little while and just really got into it. And, uh, or oh, we just, we went at it and went at it and we, we couldn't watch that ball game together, the Duke UNC game. You know, he'd drive you crazy. He could talk some smack. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I mean it was bad, but um in uh fourteen or I guess it was fourteen whenever the the academic fraud uh whatever the fake classes at u n c hit um i just I couldn't be behind them, and I ran out of reasons to hate duke and uh mm-hmm. um, let me walk in here. Uh, the one of the last things we did at fifteen was we watched Duke win the national championship. Together in the living room. Well, nah. uh, he had, he had his accident a couple weeks. Uh, well, about a month later, he uh, he dropped the pistol, and the pistol went off. He had an accident. Ended up, you know, he lost his life. Well, I was sitting there just, you know, about oh a week after, and I get a phone call, and uh, I hear this voice. You should have recognized it, but you don't expect that guy to end of the line. And uh, it was Mike Soszewski, and somebody had sent him a picture of Cam and all of his Duke gear, and he called me, and he he just talked to me for twenty minutes, feel solid, you know, talk me through it. What do you? I was in a dark place at that time, and he was like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to get through this? Blah blah blah, and uh, you know, I was just great, really grateful to him. And, well, the next day, I'd gone to a basketball practice, and uh, got a call. Julio Okafor called me. And um, wow. same way. Just great. Well, when I got a chance to go to Duke, I was going to go down there and watch a ball game. And um, I wanted to thank Coach Sashevsky. And, and we got a hold of his uh, secretary. And long story short, he said he wanted to meet me. And I got to meet him. And it was the same thing. He just he came in there, and talked to us for 10, 15 minutes, and just unrushed. Um All right. They've just, like I told you, you know, it was really, Duke University has been really good to me and my family. You know, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of schools do that. But, you know, that's just
2: our personal experience with them. Right. And, and you know, that's a good thing, too, because, you know, we, it, it's Kentucky fans and Big Blue Nation, of course, listening to us tonight, and uh, we hope they're right. right in that way. But, yeah. but, but sure. you, know, you know, basketball's a game. You know, you put that right. away. And, and, and the human side and tragedy and things like that, and that's when we all – that that's when the real real heroes show up, or and the real human side of people show up, and uh, so yeah, I think that's a wonderful story, and and uh, right. it, it was interesting well, today. I actually put on Twitter today, Mike, and uh and I, and I sent that to you, the two pennies, and I'm telling you, I'm pulling this little <laughs> Casey. and Carmen wanted to stop Casey. she she want to get her uh, something to drink. And out of all the places, uh, sure enough, there's cases pulled left, pulled right in this parking spot, got out, looked down. I almost walked over it, and I looked down again, and it was, it was tails, a penny on tails. And I looked there, and not even two <laughs> feet from it, there was another one. So, tell and, and it's just to me, it's ironic. And I'm telling you, I was talking about Cam. I was telling her the story about Cam. And it's just ironic, and, and I, I don't right, think it's just right. coincidence. But you want to tell that story no. about the penny's?
3: Sure, sure, sure. Cam and I both were just ridiculously superstitious, and you know if we saw head you know, pennies on head tails, you know, we weren't gonna pick them up. And they were, they were our dryer was right there by our kitchen, and there were like three or four pennies that uh, laid there in front of that dryer, but they laid there a week. And finally, you know, he was sitting at the table. I'm like, son, you're going to pick those pennies up and what? He said, no, give them me bad luck, you know. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So I reached down and I flipped them over. And he said, well, that didn't even count. And um, <laughs> that was like two days before his accident. And ever since then, I, I find pennies all the time everywhere. I've got a jar of uh, one of his friends made this jar that said pennies from camp. And uh every time I find one I throw it in there and it, yep. that thing is just it it's a quarter of the way full and it's a big jar. I find these things all the time and a lot of times it, it it's at a time when I really need to find
2: one. And and they're always tails up, isn't that right? Well, no no not
3: always. Now a lot of times they are you know, <laughs>
2: sometimes they're okay. heads, sometimes they're tails, but,
3: but it's just crazy. I mean, you know, um we were getting there to play. Well, ball
2: I've got two pennies. I'm sending you though. I'm. I've got these two. I did pick them up. I didn't flip them over heads. I just picked them up and and I'm gonna send them to you. Okay.
3: Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it.
2: So, tell us a little bit about what you got going on with WKTC because I know you guys have a heck of a program there, Mike, and you've done wonders with it. And and I know, and I was telling everybody that how many how many young men and even women that that. You, you've been affected by coaching and, and what you've done in some of your training with kids and, and your AAU experience and everything. But you, you've really done right. something over at WKTC, too. You guys you guys have put up some pretty big numbers and, and do a lot of scoring. And you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. I appreciate
4: that.
3: Well, uh, uh, I don't know how many years ago. Coach Overstreet, uh, he he let me get started. With AA, I coached AAU, but then I went over to uh, – uh, Cam had transferred, actually, to St. Mary's for middle school. And I went over there and coached middle school over there for a while. And i was blessed to spend time with Coach Overstreet, who's at Tillman now. And um, I just learned a whole lot from him. And we really studied it back then in guy, He was uh, actually at Memphis. And they were really running the dribble drive. And it was kind of a new thing back then. And then he had gone to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They're still the same thing. we studied that dribble drive. I studied, studied it. Day. So, um, I still bring him in a lot during the summer because we're, we're really good. For he was at Camp Challenge yesterday coaching one of the teams. But that's um, what well, so we do. We just we press, you know, and, and we get up and down the floor. Sometimes it looks like just organized chaos. Sometimes it just looks like chaos. <laughs> but
4: uh,
3: yeah. uh, we're really, you know, we push the ball every chance we get, and, and we put up a lot of numbers just because we trap so hard and create more possessions. Um, a couple of years ago, we broke the school record, scored 158 points. And, uh, wow. That, 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 was pull, that was pulling – we pulled the press off at of halftime. You know, we got them back to half court. The thing is, you get those kids playing like that. <laughs> and, you know, it's like blood to sharks. You get down to that 11th guy, and they're like, hey, well, I want some of that too. <laughs> you know, it's hard to, yeah. hard to yeah. slow those guys down. And um, Yeah, uh, we're we're just we're lucky. We've we got a president uh um, university president over there now, Anton Reese, Doctor Reese, and he's behind us. You know, I can't thank that guy enough. Um he actually ate dinner yesterday with uh me and the other the org, the Cam's Oregon recipients and my family. And uh, okay. you know, he just
2: uh, we're we're lucky to have Doctor Reese.
3: Yeah,
2: that's good. So now I know you guys still do. I know there's a, a tournament they still have. I think McCracken, as far as Cam goes, they still do a, a tournament in honor of Cam. Do they still do that? In, in, well, and well, yeah, know they they way do.
3: Way. A, well, yeah, they do a um um. It's called. Well, it used to be called the Cam Chumbler Save a Life Challenge. Now, well, for whatever reason, just name it not. It, well, they changed it to uh, um the the Save a Life Challenge. And then it, I think at the last night they'll throw on there an Otter camp jumper or something. Uh this year it really wasn't that big a deal. Um I d I don't know what's going on there.
2: But they, yeah, they, they do something out there. Good. Good. But yeah, I know you've had a lot of success at WKTC and that that's amazing. I can't imagine I mean you pull the press up. But you gotta have some scores too. When you put up hundred and fifty eight points, that's not all two point buckets. You got some shooters on those teams.
3: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we have we've been blessed with some really good players. Um, I tell, I joke with people all the time. I, I'm probably the only guy, one of the only junior colleges. and there's some out there, but that's uh, got one guy in medical school and another guy playing pro overseas. You know, a lot, there's a lot yeah. of a lot of junior college guys playing pro overseas, and not a lot of them that went to medical school. And uh, right. yeah. I've got one right now studying to be an orthopedic surgeon. In uh, Argentina, and the other one playing pro in Venezuela. And, That's uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, those two guys actually lived with me when they were here. That was that was a cultural
2: experience in itself. But um, well, I right guys, now, you right now. You know, you take a you take a basketball player. We talk about basketball IQ, and you take a basketball player with talent. But you've got somebody sharp like that. I mean, man, it's just, it's just hard to beat. And they they naturally become leaders on a team. And, I mean, you, you know, you, it, there's a lot to be said about a smart player. Oh, but, oh yeah, yeah.
3: And, and that's sometimes something we take for
2: granted. When we get them, we think,
3: well, you know, they know how to play the game. And, and you'd be shocked. You know, it, it took us half a season to teach kids how to do a jump stop. And uh, it's just fundamentals are kind of lacking now. And, you know, it's yeah. the ESPN days. You know, it's, it's a dunker, at a run, yeah. You know, there's no mid-range. There's no using the glass. And uh, – but uh, I just – I'm taking a kid from Callaway County that just uh, got him committed the other day, and he's a coach's son. And it's yeah. just it, – it's a – those kids that have those high basketball IQs and that, you know, you can count on them sitting in class when they're supposed to be. You know that's that's irreplaceable.
2: Yeah, and we we just had Dan Issel on a couple of weeks ago, and he said the same thing that what he sees different now is just the fundamentals, the lack of fundamentals. It's just like you said, and so that 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 matches that perfectly, and I think it's it's dead on accurate too and, and right because you just see see things, and I think that's in every sport, Mike. I don't think it's just basketball, but I think. Right. You know, coaches, you know they 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 see a talented player, but you know if you got a talented player and you give him the fundamentals, you give him the tools to learn the fundamentals, you're going to turn them into something really special. And you know, right? I've seen I've seen I've seen basketball players and athletes with lesser talent, but they had it between the ears, and and they'll just wear you out. Well,
3: and that's one of the things about Cam that made
2: him so good was.
3: He he wasn't the most athletic. Now, he was pretty athletic. But um you just weren't gonna throw anything at him that he hadn't seen a hundred times before. And right. he, he was just arrogant enough that he could be down by seventeen and still think he was gonna win and had a strange way of making his team believe he was gonna win too. And uh, right. just, he, he's such a high basketball IQ, mentally and tough mentally and physically tough kid. Um yeah. just really kinda of set him apart. I mean, he he was a special kind of young man.
2: Well, and I tell you, he, he he's a lot like you, Mike. And I, you know, I got the opportunity to see him times, but I know how you are. And I tell you what, sometimes it, 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 we'll talk a lot about having that will, and, and you take these athletes that have a will. that You're just going to refuse to lose, and a lot of people don't understand that. They they can say it, but you right, you know when you leave it all on the floor. As a player, right, right, you know when you know when you leave it all on the floor, and you know I'm telling you, I mean even pickup games, I can remember them. You know, at Concord Methodist, man, we laid it all out there. I mean, we're just playing pickup games, but, he, but definitely in, in varsity games. But I mean, it was right. just one of those things. You can't teach competitive edge to a lot of kids. They they either have it or they not, or they don't. And but you take somebody who yeah. has got that competitiveness, and yeah, Cam had fire and competitiveness, man. But I'm telling you, he got it from me. Right. And
3: I'm sure you got some yeah. bad. So, I, I had a guy tell me one time they watched him play, and they, they said, "You know, he's going to be better than you." I said, "Well, that's the goal." <laughs> you know, that's the goal, yeah. man. Amen. You Amen. want you to be better. And uh, hey, do you, I, I think part of it.
1: Huh? Do you guys mind if I chime in here? Man? I just want to say something to Mike. I just I don't I don't know Mike like you do, but I'm tell you I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing this story because it, you know. <laughs> I, I hate to find reasons, I'll be honest with you, to like Coach K, but, but I've heard some of these stories before in the past. And I kind of like right. Coach K on the down low. But but right, I, I really right. appreciate I you coming on here sharing this story. I know it's got to be hard for you to share it. And, and it breaks my heart hearing <laughs> it. But I can also hear the joy and the pride in your voice and you're talking about your son. And I know I can almost see him playing by uh, listening to you talk. And I'll him out now. I just... I just want to say that. that it, it, it's a good – I mean, it's not no, a good
3: story, I, I, I you know what I mean. I, no, I, I really appreciate that. And, and you know, at first it, it was it was kind of hard to talk about. But, And I'm saying this as a parent, not a coach. But w- one of the things when you lose a child, I think, is your biggest fear is people are going to forget your child ever existed, you know, because they're not going to go on and – you're not going to have grandkids, you know. You're not going to graduate, especially when they die. You know, he was a week past his 20th birthday, and there's a whole lot of stuff down the road that isn't going to happen. And you realize, you know, hey, I can keep his memory alive. You know, when he donated his organs, those people do a great job honoring him, and yeah. his, his his legacy stays alive. And I'm
2: glad you brought know, that up. Yeah, Jeez.
3: right. But, uh, you know, we just had our tournament yesterday, and we do a thing called the uh, um, Cam's Challenge. And some yes. of his former teammates and opponents, they come back and play in it. And um, the recipients of his organs come in, and we honor them. And uh, a lot of people don't realize they're, they're like our extended family now. We're really close. And uh, there were like 25 young men came in to play in that game yesterday. And uh, wow. it's just, you know, it, it's a great testament to him. It's a great testament to our area. And, um, you know, it's like you said, people come together through adversity.
2: Yeah. And I tell you, Mike, you went through it, buddy. And, I, you know, I've got one son and I, I just never could imagine. And, and there was a long time I felt like I didn't even know how to talk to you about it. And it, it just, uh, you know, everybody, you know, it'd be, you know, something that you would never want to happen. I think you've handled right. it very okay. well and, and, and you definitely raised a, a fine young man. And I just think sometimes, you know, God has a bigger plan and we just have to trust him. And, uh, you right. know, and I, I'm sure it derailed dreams and plans you had. And, and, you know, when it, it while it's still a sad story, I mean, it, there's, there's, there's a lot of good came from it too. And, uh, I know Cam's right. up there and I know he's an angel and I know he looked over me today. There's not a doubt in my mind. And, uh, I I, I, appreciate you coming on
3: today. Right. I'm a firm believer (laughs) that God gave Cam basketball just as a tool where he could, you know, he could touch more people. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a spiritual guy and, you know, it took me a long time to accept it. You know, he's God's son. God God just blessed me and let me borrow him for 20 years. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, as much as it hurts sometimes I was blessed for 20 years more than any man
2: should be. And I'll tell you, you know, you said you got an extended family and you know, I'm, I've always considered you family and you are part of my family whether well, you know what or not, and, you know, and it was really nice to see how McCracken County reached out and people farther even than that. And how many people, you know, his life touched and, uh, but you're never alone, buddy, buddy, you're never alone. And, uh, I, so I want to thank you for that. coming on today. I really do. Well, I appreciate thanks you coming on. I think it's a great story, and, and we're going to, you know, I'll be posting some more on this. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back, Mike, talk about a championship over there at uh, WKPT. All right, so yeah, Mike, Mike, I, I want to thank bro. you a lot for coming on. And yes, sir.
1: I really appreciate it. Like I said, I appreciate you sharing your story. And I'm down that way at least once a year because I'm a big fisherman myself. We all got, I got to get you. together when I yeah. get Last time I got there I didn't even get to see Lee. But next time, we're going to have to make it happen. We'll all get together and, and you yeah, sir, know, we'll we'll talk about that. some of this stuff. And I, I'd like to pick your mind on that dribble drive because that's something I've been trying to figure out for a while.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm still trying to figure it out, trust me. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I'm a firm believer. Sometimes you got to let athletes be athletes and make plays. And, um, well, Michael, but I, I appreciate you, back you
2: guys having me. We're definitely gonna have you back on, man, because it, it's good stuff, and, and I, we just scratched the surface today. So, but man, have a good rest yes, of so. Sunday. Take care, buddy. All right, you man. too. Appreciate you having me.
3: Bye. Yep. Thanks a lot, buddy.
2: Yeah. right Great story there. Great story there, Mike. Yeah, and I've told you, now, I'm sure we got some some teary eyes out there in Big Blue Nation. Well, I'm tonight. glad that there's a mute button
1: on my end because not when Dave Baker's on, but you know. Every other time, I'm glad because uh, I'm telling you, man, that story touches me because I was just into it with my daughter yesterday because she had an attitude with me, you know. <laughs> she even kind of, I took her phone away from her and she even kind of slung it at me. And I thought about getting up and knocking her out and I thought, I can't do it like my parents did, you know. i would probably go to jail. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, when you think about things like that, if something like that were happen to me, I don't know how I could be as strong as he is and, and. Man, but I, I never that, could that, either. That people, people could help me to get to that point if something like that ever did happen. God forbid! But, but he's he's a remarkable dude,
2: man. He really is. Yeah, and I'll tell you, a couple years ago, I was still worried about him, and you know, and I reached out to him, but it wasn't personally, and I, you know, but what do you say? And it, it, it's really one of those situations. What do you say? Because I mean, there's nothing that you can say that's gonna take anything away and it just tragedy and, and yes and, and you know this uh you know we went through this a little bit with with Kobe Bryant and his daughter and they had the helicopter crash and the other family there too and they're not mentioned as much as that but we lost life and you know it makes you open your eyes and it makes you realize that you know uh your loved ones, I mean you know, you know life's not for granted,
1: and Lee, we got a call coming in, I think it's I think it's Jeff, but I don't have his number, but we will probably we is. will see. welcome to the show. welcome to back Kentucky basketball across the bluegrass with Benny and Lee
4: hey, uh good afternoon, guys. It's Jeff Shepard.
1: hey, Jeff. Uh, good welcome to hear you, show. Jeff. We had we just had a guy on he went a little over sorry I I kind of didn't do my screen in there but I appreciate you coming on uh, national champion at Kentucky and everybody's wanting to hear from you and it's good to have you and uh, to, I I think I know a little bit from the commercials but tell us what you're doing these days.
4: Well, I um, I live in in London, Kentucky now. Uh, I married uh, Stacy Reed. Um, over 20 years ago. We've got a couple of children. Uh, Madison, our daughter is 19 years old and Reed, our son is 15 years old. And, uh, Madison's in college. Now she's at Campbellsville university here in Kentucky. And, uh, our son is, um, in high school at, at North Laurel high school. And, um, professionally, I' uh, I work for family wealth group. I'm a financial advisor. Um, mainly spend my time in lexington but we do have offices in uh, london and somerset and in prospect as well just outside of louisville so um yep uh spend a lot of time you know at work and chasing the kids around and uh life is good i'm very 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 thankful well like i said we that's appreciate that's you coming job. on, and i've heard a little
1: bit about your son i some people say he might be better than you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's uh, he, he's definitely ahead of me. He um, he's played a lot more basketball than than I got to play uh, between a, a little boy all the way up to ninth grade. Uh, just because the the way that youth basketball is completely different now. Uh, there's so many opportunities for kids to play a lot of really high level competition at a really young age and get wonderful experience uh, super high level of uh, competition and he's fortunate to be able to to be able to play in a, a lot of those uh, situations for uh, a long time now so it's been a lot of fun uh, to, to see both of my kids uh, develop into, into athletes my daughter is also a I'm a college basketball player at Campbellsville. And so I'm just really thankful. It's been a lot of fun, and we're trying to enjoy every minute of it.
2: And Campbellsville's a wonderful college, too, and they, they have some really good athletics. I know and my niece, she played tennis over there. Um, but, Jeff, I have to ask you, did you do you and Stacey have any three-point shooting contests in the driveway or we're not
4: (laughs) (laughs) not anymore not anymore when uh, when we were playing we 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 played a lot together shot a lot together and uh she can really really shoot the basketball she can still shoot the basketball and uh so no i i i pick my fights elsewhere um (laughs) because i don't know if i can i can win that one she was an amazing player you're right
2: um I have to ask you, you played for two coaches. You know, there's a lot of players at Kentucky that didn't have that opportunity, but you were one of the ones that were fortunate enough to play for two different coaches at Kentucky and actually won championships for both. What would you say uh, some of the similarities between Rick Pitino and Tubby Smith were, and and what were some of the differences?
4: Well, the the similarities are, you know, they are both phenomenal uh, leaders, phenomenal uh, competitors, they um, they prepare really well for uh, an opponent. They develop uh, talent uh, really well. Um, they 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 work extremely hard. Um, you know, Tubby Smith was an assistant coach uh, for Rick Pitino, uh, but that was before I got there, so I did not. Uh, play for Coach Patino with Tubby Smith as an assistant. Um, I actually played against him. Um, he played. He coached. Excuse me at the University of Georgia, and so yep. I uh, played uh, against him and um, got to play against the teams that he coached, and uh, so I had kind of that perspective going into the transition. Um, but uh, you know, Coach Smith didn't have the the exact same uh system that that coach patino had he he had some um some some similar philosophies but uh it was a a little bit different as well and my senior year in 1998 was really unique because uh, coach smith uh, took over a team and a program with a lot of experience um We had won a national championship in 1996. We had finished as the runner-up in 1997, and so uh, to kind of come into a situation with a team that had a a lot of wins under their belt, uh, had played in a lot of tournament games. We had a lot of uh, experience. We had a lot of juniors and seniors that had uh, been in college for a long time. We had Uh, Guys like Hishimu Evans who had transferred in. We had guys like Scott Padgett who had uh, gone through the ups and downs uh, academically of of college basketball and had to sit out. Um, I was a redshirt senior. Uh, Cameron Mills was a walk-on that worked his way up to being a scholarship player. Um, Wayne Turner at one time uh, led the University of Kentucky in, in games played. So uh, Alan Edwards was uh, a senior along with uh, Cameron and myself. So we just had a lot of experience. We had uh, a lot of size, Nazi Muhammad, Jamal McClure, uh, Michael Bradley, Scott Pageant were all uh, big men that that had long NBA careers. Um, So we were just really, really good and really experienced. And he um, came in and um we we were used to playing a certain way. We were used to playing very fast. We were used to full court pressure. And so uh he didn't try to resist that. He um he just embraced that and and kind of built in 1998 uh a little bit of a hybrid style of basketball between uh his core philosophies and Uh, Coach Patino's core philosophies and what we were kind of used to uh, under Coach Patino's system. So did a wonderful job uh, during that, during that transition year and obviously things worked out just fine for us that year.
1: One question I have, Jeff, um, I know a lot of people probably don't care, but I do. (laughs) I remember the high ankle sprain in 98 and I, I, I mean, you would have thought. Well, I mean, I was, big, I was pretty young man, big fan, and I thought the season was over, man. I really did. I, how did you recover that fast? Because I, I remember it being a very quick recovery, and I remember you coming off those curls just like you did before, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, you can still see the bruising on your on your ankle at that time, and I, and I've had some of those ankle sprains as a player back in the past and I, I just don't know how you recovered that fast cuz it seemed like it was really quick.
4: Yeah, it, it it was it was pretty quick, but it, it you know, as you get older, legend kind of grows a lot of times and um <laughs> you know, people forget all of the details and that's okay. Um but I actually twisted my ankle in the semifinals of the SEC tournament. We were playing against Arkansas and we were uh we were on a roll. Uh, that was on a Saturday. The SEC semifinals are on Saturday, and so I twisted my ankle on the Saturday of the uh, SEC tournament. I did not play Sunday in the finals. We played against South Carolina in the finals. Uh, we beat them to win the SEC championship, um, and so we didn't have to play again in the NCAA tournament until the following week. So I had I had several days there to 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 really focus on. Uh, recovery um uh, the lord was really good to me and 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 really kind of kind of helped a speedy recovery uh our trainer that year was a guy by the name of fast eddie and uh, fast eddie and i spent (laughs) a lot of time together um we even spent one night together uh through the night in the training room Uh, i just i slept in the training room and we were on kind of a 24-hour regiment of, of uh, ice and heat and massage, and, and that's kind of a, a lot of why my leg was bruised. My leg wasn't necessarily bruised because of the sprain. My my leg, what was visibly you you, you saw was was the treatment. Um, he was what? he was massaging the the leg, the the trying to get the swelling. Up out of my my ankle area and out of my foot and and you just get it up on out of there and so uh, a lot of the bruising uh, was was his work on on just getting that that swelling out of there and uh, so uh, but but you know it, it, from a team standpoint um, you know it's kind of a testament of the of the team in that uh, you know I was the leading scorer in 1998, but, uh, not by much. Um, we, we didn't have, uh, uh, you know, a whole lot of superstars on our team. We, we all were very close. We all knew our role. We, uh, kind of thrived in our role. Um, we, we stayed in our role and a a lot of teams cannot do that when they faced adversity, when they get down in a game and we were down a lot in big games in the tournament in 1998, they have a hard time um, sticking to the plan and, and um, not deviating. And we were really good at that. We were, we were good at uh, not letting the circumstances uh, bother us and sticking to the plan, staying together and moving forward. Uh, So, you know, Alan Edwards um, uh, lost his mom at the end of the season to a battle with cancer. And we, we, We had to kind of work through uh, that tragedy in Alan's life. We had to kind of overcome, um, you know, my ankle sprained right towards the end of the season. Um, But we were so close and we had such a a good system in place. Um, It was very easy for the next guy to step up and uh, fill in and we didn't need to you know, throw the game plan in the trash and start over. We just were able to make a, a little tweak here or there and, uh, and and keep moving in the right direction.
2: And, Jeff, one thing, too, you touched on, and I'm glad you did in, in, in your remarks about Tubby Smith. And one thing I hear and have heard for years, and, and I think Tubby does not get the credit he deserves because I think he was you know, I think the world of Rick Pitino. I thought he was one of the best coaches Kentucky ever had, but I think Tubby is often overlooked. And, you know, how many times have we all heard that, well, that was Rick Patino's team in 98. And, and I just don't think that's fair. I never have thought that was fair. And, and you did t- touch on, you know, you guys had leadership come back, you and Cameron, you had Allen and, and, and some other guys there. And, but, but, Really, you guys lost a lot from 97 to 98, too. And, I mean, Tubby came in there, and what I
4: thought he did with that team was incredible. Uh, coach Coach Smith is an incredible coach. He's, he's an incredible man. He's an incredible leader. He, um, he, he leads um, in, in a way that a, a team uh, really, really responds well to his style of leadership. Uh, I can remember practices uh, late in the season as we were preparing for the NCAA tournament, and uh, and and we were practicing at Memorial Coliseum when Coach would go an entire practice and he, he wouldn't even say anything. His assistant coaches would run the practice, would run the drills. Uh, the leaders of the team would be communicating with one another. We would be working on things uh, together um, and we were we were all communicating and talking and and Coach Smith could just sit back and he could he could watch and he could game plan and he could observe and he could he could just allow um, practice to go on without words from him and that's a sign of a phenomenal leader that that has the the confidence in his assistant coaches and in his um in his his senior leaders to to be able to just allow them uh time to work together and develop and um you know that's a sign of a of a good leader in in, in any arena is is a leader that has the confidence in those that he has hired and those that he has on his team. uh, And he empowers them to, to lead themselves and to, to be in a role of leadership. And, you know, he doesn't have to be uh, the only one talking and the only one giving input and the only one coaching. And uh, you'll see uh, a lot of wonderful leaders that, that lead that way and that that's the importance of all of those assistant coaches and everybody in the program. And so, you know, he, he is an an overrated, uh, I'm sorry, he's an underrated uh, coach. Uh, He does not get the the credit that that he deserves. Uh, I do think uh, long-term that the university of Kentucky will do some, some really special things for him. Um, There aren't many coaches in the country. No matter where they coach, that uh, have a national championship on their resume, and Tubby Smith and is think, one of those coaches.
1: And so but exactly, deserves. Jeff, and, and there's not anyone not named Rupp that has more championships at Kentucky than Tubby Smith. And I love Tubby. I think he's one of the best exes and those coaches we ever had. I think he struggled when it got to. I mean, this is my opinion, and it's just my like I say, it's is my opinion. He struggled when it got. To, so crazy in the AAU that that let's face it, a lot of these programs are not a hundred percent on the up and up now. And Tuppy was not going to embark in that stuff, and that's why the recruiting kind of slipped a little bit toward the end.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, Coach Smith. One of Coach Smith's greatest qualities is uh, one of you know the, the challenges that he has to face as well. And that is his, his loyalty. He, he is incredibly loyal, uh, not only to his players, but to his assistant coaches that he has worked with. And, um, you know, there were some, some times in, in Coach's uh, career at Kentucky that, you know, it, it may have made sense to, to bring in some assistant coaches that, uh, that really specialized in uh, the, the ways of recruiting uh the the players of the of the two thousands uh so to speak right now you know with the the, the change in the way that the a a u programs work and and how much pressure is on these kids now to be uh one and done a lot of them and and so it it it's it's a different system for coach smith it doesn't that player does not fit well with his system um he's really really good with experienced players that have two, three, four years uh, under their belt with him and in, in their system and so um, personally I'm really happy right now for Coach as he's um, you know well into his 60s now uh, he's back at his alma mater at High Point um, most of the kids that, that go to High Point um, don't have the, the pressure of being one and done they are, are going there to uh, to play college basketball, to be student athletes, um, coach can develop them into young men, uh, pour into them, teach them some incredible life lessons. And if basketball is a part of their future professionally, then great. If not, they are fully equipped to transition into the next you know, season of their life as, uh, as men, um, going into the workforce, going in, um, through life as a as a father uh, as uh, as a husband and um and that's where he really really thrives
2: I would say there's one thing that people definitely cannot question tubby Smith on, and that is his integrity. I think that man is is definitely a man of integrity uh, Jeff, with all the players that you played with throughout your life, if you had picked one it would be the most talented. Who would that be? Well, wow.
4: that's a good question. Yeah, you know, I played a little bit with um, with Michael Jordan in, uh, in, in a in a summer camp with the Washington Wizards towards the end. of the You're going to have career. Benny
2: drooling. You're going to have Benny drooling with that right there. You got Benny drooling now. <laughs> uh,
4: but but you know if I take if I take him out of the equation because I think he's the, the best player ever, I'll take him out of the equation. You know, some of the very best players I ever played against were my teammates. Um, you know, as as a freshman coming in to play at the University of Kentucky,
3: you know,
4: I I practiced for four years uh against Tony Delk, Ron Mercer, Derek yeah. Anderson. So those were those were three NBA guards that had very strong, long NBA careers that um, could score the ball they could defend were very athletic, and so every single day um I was playing against and practicing against a better player than I played against game that that I had to play uh in right. in college basketball, so that gave right. me a tremendous advantage um by the time I was a senior, and those guys were truly in the n b a it gave me an advantage. I was I was fully prepared, and I, I had played against you know top notch college and, and professional guards. Um, Jamal Mashburn was um, uh, is one of my favorite players. He uh, would come and play uh, with us all during the summer uh, when he was when he was playing professionally. Uh, Mash graduated, I'm sorry, Mash finished up, he left He left a year early, but he finished up um, in 1993, and I graduated right. from high school in 1993, so uh, his last year was uh, 93 when we lost in the Final Four, and then my first year was 94, yeah. so we never played together, um, but we did play against each other and pick up games and everything, so I have to put him uh, on the list for sure, um, but you know, I played a, a little bit in in Italy. I played a little bit in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Played against some really uh, nice players. Uh, I played against a, a, a young Mani Ginobili over in Italy before he came over to the NBA with the Spurs. He was in Italy playing professionally, so I played against him. He was a, a, an incredible talent. But um, yeah, I played against some some really good ball players through the years.
1: Well, Jeff, like I say, we don't want to keep you too long, but I appreciate you coming on. I know you got things to do on Sunday evening, and uh, it was nice going down memory lane. That's one of my favorite teams of all time, and, and you'll always be one of those special guys in history, in Kentucky basketball history to me, and I can say I really appreciate you taking time out to come on our little podcast, and, and you're a class act. I hope your son the best. I hope, I hope we get to see him in Kentucky, but
4: you know, no pressure or anything. <laughs> well guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on and uh yeah, Kentucky's a special place and uh there aren't many places in the world where, you know, um there's the, the conversation never stops about Kentucky basketball that that uh, fans uh love uh figuring things out uh Today, they love doing their own analysis of of how the team is doing what we need to change and who we need to recruit and how a coach is doing and that kind of thing and at the same time love uh reminiscing about uh the good old days and championship years and you know uh fun fun wins and and tough losses and and that kind of thing as well so Kentucky definitely a special place and i'm honored to be uh a small part of Kentucky basketball history. Well,
2: Jeff, we, we do thank you a lot. And and it means a lot to come on here like you did. And, you know, and and that's one thing that we see and people talk about big blue nation and being a family. And it truly is because we, you know, uh, you're up there with the best we've had on this show, you know, we've had Dan Issel, Tony Delk and some others, and everybody's just been real hospitable and just friendly and, and, uh, you know, and I, I believe in the analogy, everybody puts their pants on the same way and uh but but truly we're really humbled to have you and we can't thank you enough.
4: My pleasure, guys. Appreciate it. We'll try to do it again some other time. Thank you so much. All Stay right, Jeff, you have a good one. All right, thank you.
1: Good night. good night. All right. That was awesome, man. That's 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 one of my favorite things because I'm gonna tell you. I was so dejected when Patino left for the Celtics. I thought, man, we're just never going to be good again. And then I can remember actually saying (laughs) when, when, when Tubby cut the nuts down, Rick,
2: who, (laughs) Rick, who, we don't know Rick (laughs) Patino." I know. And I was depressed too. I mean, just after the run, he had, you know, well, it's, you know, the 96, 97 team and 97 was just oh, so close and, it really, you know, I think if we played Derrick Anderson that game, I think if Patino plays Anderson, we win the 97 game. There's no doubt in my mind. And, but he was looking out for Anderson's health and his, and his future, and, and that's understandable. But I, I think he came in and shot technical free throws or something. I think that's the only thing yeah, he did. But, but the, uh, you know, it, it seemed like the end. But it, to me, you know, what Patino had done, you know, from 89 to there was incredible. I mean, he, he – no, the Greg's an important part of
1: our history.
2: There's no doubt about it.
1: And I still have a part of me that loves Rick Pitino. Don't get me wrong, because he he was a hero of mine at an early age. I was young. I think I was 21 when Jeff won the championship, and 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 I really did think it was over when he sprained his ankle. I, that's why I asked that question. But, but I, yeah. that was a that's really a quick question. recovery. But but anyway. Chris is a very daddy. important part of, part of our history, and he, he's a great coach, and I think he should be back in the game. If you can have Sean Miller on the sidelines, then you can have Rick Pitino. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. What they did was – Sean
2: four- Miller. Yeah, Sean Miller or Bill Self, either one. I mean, you, you know exactly. – you, you take a guy
4: for what he's worth,
2: but – you know, what Patino did is he did, but it does not change the fact of what he did at Kentucky. And, and you know, I mean, he was... he down was
4: inside
1: of me, and, and I may be wrong, I don't think Rick knew what was going on in those dorms because Rick saved our program, people. Right? And as much as we like to make fun of him just because he went to Louisville, and he deserves it because he went to Louisville. He should have went to UCLA. That's where he should have went. I've always said that. And, and it's not my decision to make. It's his decision to make. I get that. Coming to Louisville was just like a big middle finger. As we know, he eventually did fly the middle finger to the rough crowd. But, you know, that's beside the point. Rick Rick saved Kentucky basketball. I can remember that Kentucky shame, Sports Illustrated. Back in that day, Sports Illustrated was the bomb. And I was just like, man, I never thought I'd see this. And it's kind of crazy when you think about it. That was over a $1,000 FedEx package. And today a thousand dollars a dude can sit out for
2: 24 hours and he's, he's done and <laughs> yeah, he's ready to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even buy anything with the the Gucci tag on it. I mean, you, you're, you're going to be uh, having to borrow some more money, but, but yeah, it, it's true. I mean, a thousand dollars, it was, that was a, a big deal. And, 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 and you know, and then, of course we, we know the history of it. We know what happened and, and it changed Kentucky forever. And, uh, Kentucky has always been under the magnifying glass, and I think that's we're seeing that even today. And, and when we talked earlier in the show about the net rankings and everything, a lot of people look for any little bit of dirt they can find on Kentucky.
1: And guys, just so y'all know, I'm going to the Bahamas. I mean, don't be jealous, but I'm going to the Bahamas next week. And I don't know how the show is going to go down. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make it work. I'm, I'm guessing there's Wi Fi on those cruise ships. You people that's been on them can let me know. But we're going to the Bahamas, and we're actually going to have Darren Feldhouse all right next week. And uh, I don't want to miss yep. that for nothing. And because uh, yep. Darren's one of my all time favorites. I, I say that on every guy, but all these guys need to know they're one of my all time favorites. I love every dude that ever played at Kentucky, and, and they all have a special yep. place in my heart because <laughs> outside of family. I'm just being honest, and maybe maybe it means too much. Outside of my immediate family and at, at the people I I love every day, Kentucky basketball is it for me. I mean, like, even even these awful yeah. referees cannot push me away from Kentucky basketball. No. That's just the you way it is. It you, <laughs> it. you live it and you breathe and talking, it. And right. talking to people, it's like I'm really way too comfortable now, I feel like, talking to people like Jeff Shepard because – I can remember idolizing that dude, man. I mean, he was one of the yeah. best I ever seen coming off that curl around the elbow and just draining that shot, dude. Man, he was good. Yeah. I mean, you can say we've seen, we've had some talent here. Don't get me wrong. And Calipari's probably probably more talent than any other coach. But guys like Jeff Shepard get forgotten. And let me tell you, dude, moments the same as Padgett did, the same as Cameron Mills did. And we got a call coming in. Let's see who we got coming in. Well, never mind. They dropped. <laughs> that's too
2: bad. <laughs> well, I hope they call back. And you know, you're right. Though it's it's funny that you know we forget about people like that. And you know, and some of these players run together. And then when you start thinking about the years they played, and you just you realize, man, that's been a long time ago. And it just gets away from you. And but it also shows you the rich history of Kentucky basketball. And, and I like to say. You know, Benny and I have a lot of discussions, you know, off off the show and and how we talk about, you know, how fortunate we that
1: are comes to be born see in Kentucky. Who we are here. Okay. Welcome to Kentucky basketball across the Bluegrass. With Benny, Lee. you're off.
4: I just wanted to say, go ball. <laughs>
2: go ball well, What? He's lying through. He You her dialed team. the wrong number. <laughs> It's been the Tennessee this Volunteer Show. I
4: other half. And I just want to say that he's lying when family comes first. Basketball comes first in his life. No. Oh. Oh, oh, that's boy.
1: not true. She just takes that. His one you
4: know. his one true love is basketball, and then his family. Okay. <laughs> now, this is great. So-
2: so who wins you're, this? You're you're running or? my reputation, Abby. I gotta drop your call. You can't Hey Hey, I wanna hey, I wanna know if you got shoot you got to shoot three pointers in the driveway or what? No, she can't ball. She can't she ball. <laughs> she, she's from Greenham oh, County.
1: We we would have smoked them oh I'm sorry, she's from Louis <laughs> Dennis. I probably gonna get another call now. She they can't ball with us from back toward you know, back up toward the the real railway toward basketball right there. <laughs>
2: Yeah. We got a caller?
1: No, we don't,
2: Now I hung up on
4: her. <laughs> I thought we had another
2: one. I was getting ready to say, you know, it's funny because uh, you go back to the one guy that called that time about Cleveland and uh, the, the team up in Cleveland. And I was getting ready to say something about Cleveland, Tennessee, but we're not going to go back down that road again because I'll never forget that call. You remember that one, Benny? <laughs> I knew it was her when I heard that accent.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Go (laughs) fouls.
1: That's good. That's good. She said I was rude now. She's texting me because I hung up on her. But uh, Boy, it is kind of funny. That's the only Tennessee fan we've heard from this year. How many did we hear from last year? It was every show, wasn't it? It was every show. I was asking saying, what about the dude that compared last year's Tennessee team to the ninety six Kentucky team? I said
2: I said, Where is that dude? I ain't heard from I know. Uh, yeah, that that was the guy that was talking about the Cleveland Steamers, remember? That was
4: the one. <laughs> yeah,
1: those guys that was the guy that made the bet. I and mean, he he pumped his yeah. dude off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened
4: to yeah. him. <laughs> I don't either.
2: <laughs> he probably changed his name. He may be going under under a Kentucky disguise now. I don't know. But Yeah. I thought it was funny, David Sisk. I I love
1: David Sisk, and I love that whole Sources Say podcast. He said, I can't find – he said, I live in Tennessee. You know, he kind of talks like us. He's a little bit hillbilly. He (laughs) says, I can't find a Tennessee fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember. That's pretty bad when you find one in Tennessee, you know what I'm saying? That's right. But it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt, right? But, you know. They did go into Florida and beat Florida, which kind of kind of shocked me. I thought Florida was coming along finally. We got them Tuesday night, which kind of makes me wonder. What do you what's your what do you think? This team has won the championship. They have nothing left to play for other than seating. What do you think they're going to do? Sunday, or, or Tuesday night?
2: I think Kentucky's going to be fine. I, I really think that that Cal's going to have the team focused. Uh, and now it's it's. You know, I'm sure they're going to have that game in front of them. And I know Cal Perry is not going to have the guys thinking too far ahead, but at the same time he's going to be talking about being prepared and, and, and where they're going and, and being prepared for that next step. Because now this is, this is the final preparation for the NCAA tournament. So I think they're going to come in focused. I think they're going to take care of business as usual. And I really look for this team to – you know, where they're getting to now and where they're jailing, I look for this team to start being a little more systematic and just coming in and taking like I said, taking care of business. I think they're gonna execute, focus on the execution. I think we're gonna see a little more precision and, and you know, and then Cal probably gonna be doing some, you know, minor tweaking and, and you know, but this is it. I mean this is this is it.
1: Okay, uh you're probably you got going when
2: I hear you still laughing, what are you doing over probably, there? All right. what you what, tell me tell me what you think
1: you're probably going to disagree with me on this, but you know I think it's a difference little a little bit of difference in our age because if I were Cal, I would rest Ash Ha, and the reason I want him a hundred down the stretch now, what do you think?
2: I could see that happening. I, I, don't, I don't disagree that may happen. I think it, it, it's possible, and he tried to run the point. But the only, the only thing with that, I don't think he's going to rest him. He, he's going to rest him. I think he may rest him, but not the whole game. He's going to have some minutes in there. But I think you're, you're probably right. He might go half the game instead of where, where he's logging 38 minutes and, you know, trying something else. Because, you know, as well as I do, This you've got – You've got a game here, and this is the other side of it. I still think what I'm thinking might happen. I think they're going to come in and execute. And I think it's kind of kind of working for what you're doing and where you're going. But, yeah, and they may do it with different people in limited minutes. But I think now is when you start tinkering around with, well, what, if we have this situation, if, if Nick's in foul trouble, you know, getting some guys to extra minutes. We might see Keon play a little bit more this game. We might see Juzang play a little bit more. That's not a bad thing to do at all.
1: Hey, guys, don't be scared. It's 516-531-9474. I want y'all's opinions on this. I know you guys are listening. I see the numbers. So call us, let yeah. us know what you think. But I think he should rest in the rest of the regular season. And I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but we've won the regular season. He'll get the bugs out in the SEC tournament. I think you rest Ashton the rest of the regular season. That way he's 100% going into the postseason. The NBA does it all the time, and it works. And I know a lot of people don't like the NBA in Kentucky, but I like both leagues. I I actually think the NBA is a better league. I think it's run better. I think the officials are better. I think the players are better. Obviously the players are better. That was a stupid statement, but I'm just saying I think you rest him you get him a hundred percent for the stretch run because we got to. I don't care if we lose at Florida. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Other than seeding, who cares? Let's be a hundred percent when we got to win six in a row to hang number nine.
2: And I tell you what, Benny, and I like that because if anything, this shows, and we're talking about net rankings in the polls that. You know when they when they do these rankings in, in, the, in, in the the we can win the next
1: twenty and not go up one
2: spot. <laughs> I mean that the right. rankings well, is bullshit. But 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 I'm telling you though, what, what what they don't ever factor in. Okay, what happened? Who was out? Who was in? Uh, they don't. It, it's just based on that team and that performance against the opponent, and that's what they base it on, game to game. And so any excuse, valid or not. They don't even look at that. And to me, that's kind of bogus. But here you are in a game against Florida, which, in all honesty, is a meaningless game now. Kentucky did what they were supposed to do. They won the championship, the SEC regular championship, okay? So now we're going to go in. We're going to have the top seed in the tournament, beyond a doubt. So we're where we want to be. Bottom line is, games right now, once you take care of business, they don't matter. Once you get to the NCAA tournament, they all matter because you can't lose a game there. you got to win them all. So I, don't I think, think you'd yeah, give yeah, us no, a no, one man. seed
1: if we won out One the SEC tournament. No, I don't no. think they'd
2: give us a one seed
1: if we did. I'm not saying we wouldn't no, win no. Win, cause I think we because I think we're there now. I'd take a yeah. new seed right now, but. I get their computer rankings. I get that, but at some point, some smart guys got to get together, like me and Lee, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to say, "Hey, let's take a look at the IT." And if you're looking at the iTunes, IT, I mean, be 100 percent honest with me, Lee. Who is the best team in the country now? Now, don't say
2: Kentucky because they're not the best. Who is? No. Now, listen. Do you remember? I know. I'm gonna put Kansas up there. All
1: right. All right, I agree, 100.
2: percent Now who's second? I think we agree on this
1: one, 100. percent.
2: I think it's Kentucky. I thought it was Baylor, but it's not. No. I, I told you, I told you, everybody in Big Blue Nation last week. I, you can look up my tweet, and I said I really don't think you know. I think Kentucky can beat anybody out there. I, I'm, that includes Kansas. I do too. I'm not, I think anybody. Can, I'm not afraid can beat anybody. anybody out there,
1: including fricking Evansville. Let's bring that up again. But let me tell you something. Yep. All right. I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't go all over the place like I'm doing right now, but I want to tell you something. Evansville was 6-4 and four when we lost to them. Walter McCarty yep. got himself in trouble. And he got fired. Mm-hmm. We all know the story. I don't want to talk about it because I love Walter.
2: But that had to have an effect on that basketball team. It did, and that goes back to what I was saying, that they don't factor in anything. They don't factor in that, you know, Walter was dismissed. And they brought in a brand-new coach. And, and, and if anything that we talked about with Jeff a while ago about Tubby and Rick is just like that transition. That coach still has to coach that team. It's not just a given. Well, I inherit this team and I inherit this talent. And we beat Kentucky. Well, guess what? This coach, it's a different coach. And, and, and players respond to coaching. And, if you know, to me it just shows this guy for what they had, you know, they just – maybe he's not the right fit, but, but it just
1: – Like I said, I jump all over the place, and I'm sorry, folks, but I can't help it. We were talking about Tubby earlier. Tubby's one of the most underappreciated coaches that's ever coached here. And I am gonna tell you something. I talked – I know you guys had – you heard Memphis Spence if you listen to our show on here. He's a big Memphis guy. He's a Memphis booster. He wanted – and he was right. He wanted Tubby – to bring Penny in as an assistant, which would have been great for Penny, and let Penny learn a little bit, and and Tuffy could have benefited from that too. Now, now, would it have worked from the egos? I don't know. I don't think Coach Smith has that big an ego, though. I really don't. I think he would have would have accepted would have accepted, uh, which you know, like Jeff said, he didn't really want to get rid of his guys, but he he probably could have created a position for like a recruiting coordinator or something, kind of like Vince Merrill is for the football team. And and that could have worked out well, and, and Penny could have learned under Tubby and ended up being one of, the, one of the best. I really believe that. And I think Penny still needs that from someone, and I think it's going to happen because I think three years down the road, Penny's going to get cut loose because I don't think he can win at that level, even with the talent. Because he does not, it's a whole different game coaching AAU and coaching college yep. basketball. It's it's a whole different level.
2: Well, and, and then you have to go back to you know where you know with with Tubby Smith, you know, uh, being a man of integrity, and you know I'm not, I'm not trying to cast shade or throw shade on Penny, but because I I love Penny Hardaway, I, I loved him, I, I loved I watched him when he played at Memphis, and you know. Penny's done some questionable things. You know, this Wiseman situation. Well, let's so be honest about maybe, the questionable maybe Tubby, things. Maybe they Tubby, maybe Tubby, Tubby didn't want to go down that road. You know, that's what all I'm I saying was... is that maybe Tubby didn't want to go down that road with, with, that's probably, with Penny. probably could be uh, true,
1: but I don't think Memphis wanted to go down that road. They thought they were going to bring Penny in, and he was automatically going to be Calipari because, well, everybody knows Penny can recruit because Penny's Penny. I mean, it's, it, that name is right up there with Shaq and Colby and Jordan. Believe it or not, yeah. it was because back in people our age can remember when Penny was the damn deal. He was. He, he yeah. suffered some injuries yeah. and it hurt him. But I, I think all the questionable things happened in high school, and when I get to looking into them, and I'm not a Memphis dude, man. I'm just telling you, I'm not. I'm not a Penny dude. Now, I am a Memphis Spence guy. I love Memphis Spence. I listen to his show as much as I can. I think he's got a great show. I think y'all should listen. But uh, that being said, I think that all the questionable things happened in in high school with Penny, and he was just trying to help kids. And I'm never going to fault a man for trying to help kids. Now, if he does something in college that's wrong, okay, fry him. But don't fry him. For getting a woman out of an abusive situation and a kid out of an abusive situation, because that's exactly what happened with Wiseman. Are, everybody's a little Wiseman, say, six, six, and he can take me. care of himself. But
2: you know, he's I'm a wrong, kid still yet. Are, are you are so you actually are. saying? I don't know, just correct me if I'm wrong, but are you actually saying the NCAA might have it wrong? Oh, no, I don't <laughs> think that's a stretch. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't they think are. That, They've got it wrong, man. The NCAA. You clear Some of these rules. You clear yeah, it dude, rules the the Don't come
1: back six months, six weeks later and say he's not clear. That's my whole point. Right. They, right. they not hurt their own credibility. Like the Enos Cancer situation. Kids should have played college basketball. Simple yep. as that. And we know, from being at Kentucky, we know, and that's what I say. When you judge someone, Remember the things we've been through. Because what did we all think before Calipari got here? That he was the snakiest snake of all snakes. That's what we thought. Yep. Let's be real. Yep. But he's not. Yep. He just calls no. them
2: out for their bullshit, and they don't like him. That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, and, and we go back to all this. And, and you know, where, where I think NCAA loses sight of everything is, is you know, it, it's all about money. And th- it's it's the money. And you know, when did we get away or were we ever doing it for the best interest of the player and in in, in, the, in the young adult? I mean, were we? Were they? I don't I don't think so. I don't think they I don't think the NCAA ever, honestly, in regards to the best interest of the player.
1: I don't exactly. think they've ever
2: done that. I think it's and all about an money and
1: greed. Like you are, being an old timer.
2: It's hard to yeah, admit.
1: It's hard to admit, (laughs) but they should have been paying these guys for a long time. They should have been paying when they're making over a billion on
2: just the NCAA tournament. Should have been paying these guys all on something. Well, exactly. I mean, you think about how much money they, you know, just the University of Kentucky. Or even uh, you know Duke or North Carolina, how much they make off of a, the apparel and the licensing is just unreal. And then that's not even getting into the the uh, TV market. That's where the real money starts. That's the big money and uh, the advertising and, and the list goes on and on and on. But uh, but you're right. That's 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 where that's the root of it. it it's, it's money and and the NCAA is the culprit.
1: And you're not gonna believe this, Lee. We're almost out of time. Oh, I already know. <laughs> I already know.
3: And you know <laughs> and what I what a what a great run.
1: Yes. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And Lee, thanks for bringing your guy Mike on. That was awesome. And we can go over just so you know. We
2: don't have to go off when it says we do. We can keep man, it on okay, recording. Man. And we got a, you know, it was a good show and I'll tell you what, we we're starting to stream together. If we you know, with our guests we could have one heck of a Kentucky basketball team. Oh, heck yeah.
1: I mean, I'll take Shepard off that curl any day, any time. You know what I'm saying? But, man, he that sure. out.
2: Yep. He carried us to championship, him and Turner.
1: Good God. Them guys were amazing.
2: Well, I hope everybody but enjoyed I, the show. If you didn't catch it live, you know, you can always play it back later. And uh, we'll definitely be shouting it out on Twitter. And, and guys, you know, don't be afraid to call. Hopefully next week we're going to have Darren Feldhouse. Benny's going to be in the Bahamas. I've already been sending him pictures comparing him to Cal when they were at the Big Blue Bahamas. and <laughs> so we're, we're we're going to have some fun with that, and hopefully hopefully Benny won't have too many of those uh, uh, too little of handed little uh, that tented, uh, drinks out there. We'll see. Hey, it's going to be bourbon
1: and coke all week for
2: Benny. I just want y'all. To okay.
1: okay. <laughs> y'all have a good one. Good night, baby. Have a
2: good night, Big Blue Nation. Night, folks.